0: Hello everybody and welcome to A Medic's Mind I know it's been a minute and I do apologize It's not intentional Uh it's, you know, I, I feel like I apologize quite a bit when I don't release an episode and, I, and you know, it's because I do feel genuinely bad. But, you know, as I'm sure you can all relate to, life has its moments, you know, where things get busy and you get kind of running around with things. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, Halloween came up and um, I was volunteering uh, in my town to dress up as Michael Myers and uh, partake in the Haunting of Falkland, which, by the way, is a very cool event. Uh, if you want to check it out, just go to thehauntingoffalkland.ca and uh, check out all the stuff they do there. It's really cool, there's some great pictures on there so you can get a a good view of the hometown and the the way it gets set up for Halloween. It kind of becomes a Halloween town, which is really, really cool. Because Halloween is among my favorite uh, holidays. So, uh, with that said, this episode is quite late. I recorded this several weeks ago prior to Halloween, and I had planned on releasing it prior to Halloween. But unfortunately, as time uh, does, it slipped away from me. And now I'm releasing it in November closer to... (laughs) Christmas. But hey, I hope you guys still like it. Um, This episode that I'm going to be uh, releasing for you guys today is an episode called The Halloween Slayer. And it's an episode I wrote in the vein of uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, it was heavily inspired by Frankenstein, one of my favorite Halloween tales. I guess it's not really a Halloween tale, but it's used and has been adopted, appropriated, if you will, by Western Halloween ideals, and so therefore I love it. And uh, And I wrote a story in a similar vein to that. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into that, I just have to do a shameless plug here for a moment. So the book Emetic's Mind, both books, Emetic's Mind and Emetic's Mind, Love, Loss, and all things in between are available wherever you can buy books. Uh, More specifically, Amazon. Now, if you want to help me out and uh, leave a review, it really does mean a lot to me because it really helps with pushing my book along in the algorithm. And in doing that, it gets it seen by more people that might not necessarily know or listen to my podcast or even know that my book exists. And the more people I can get in front of, uh, the better it'll be for me and the more I can share my story and connect with people the way I've connected with all of you. And, uh, you know, some of the biggest supporters I have um, still reach out to me daily. Uh, Medic One, uh, Direct Limited, uh, they, they reach out to me and they are uh, an amazing group of professionals uh over there doing uh doing some incredible work i mean uh the ems profession is not an easy one uh, caring for people is not an easy thing to do um but to put yourself out there to do, to do that for complete strangers um, you know, it is, uh, it's is—it's a unique uh, profession to be in. So anyway, yeah, if you guys could uh, head over and leave a review of A Medic's Mind. It doesn't have to be a glowing review, it can be honest, right? You, you, if you didn't like it or you thought it was mediocre, please go ahead and put that in there. Uh, if you did like it, though, then please, I would i would love that, of course. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this episode, let's get right into it. It is the Halloween Slayer. It's the last of the Spooktober episodes. And then I will be coming out probably with some more Christmassy-themed episodes. Uh, So keep an ear out for that. Take care, be well, be safe. Love all of you guys. This is The Halloween Slayer. A Medic's Mind presents Spooktober. This story was unlike any I had covered before murders and happenings alike are commonplace in almost any city but this was different over the last two years nine bodies had turned up all of them connected by the same grisly detail at least one organ from each person was taken and missing but never the same one the manner at which these organs had been removed was skillful and purposeful The police suspected a menacing killer with medical background. But with nothing else to go on, they still had no concrete leads. It's not often that the stories I cover keep me up at night. But this one was, as I said, unlike anything. I live in Salem, Massachusetts have all my life. I work for the Salem Tribune. Crimes of the peculiar are not out of place here. That said, more often than not, they are crimes closer to innocuous or mischievous in nature over anything as savage as this. Though, I suppose one could argue that Salem is home to a savage history, isn't it? I was sitting at my favorite coffee house Rain pelted the window beside me. Crazed notes that I had taken lay strewn before me as I struggled to make sense of them. My penmanship was not the hurdle I was attempting to overcome. It was the why, the who. Who could be doing this and why? I pored over case notes, detective statements, family interviews and everything relevant to the case. And outside of that heinous knowledge of missing organs, Nothing made sense. None of these victims knew one another. None of them were the same age, ethnicity, or resemblance. It was baffling. Clearly we had the hallmarks of an emerging serial killer, but no profile to rely upon. This was just madness. In a moment of mental defeat, I flung myself back against my chair and inhaled a bewildered breath, followed by an elongated sigh. I knew there was a story here, a connection, something that tied this all together. I just couldn't see it... yet. Deciding to take a break and refill my Americano, I made my way over to the counter. I placed my order, and while waiting, visually absorbed the Halloween decor festooned throughout the place. Halloween... how fitting. A killer on the loose and people losing organs. It was in the midst of that introspective monologue that the headline of my unwritten story was born The Halloween Slayer. After getting my order, I walked back to my table and quickly made note of that title. With fresh caffeine in hand and blood, I once again fell into paperwork. Line by line, I read and reread everything that I had on this godforsaken case. And as luck, or fate, depending on your beliefs, would have it, the sinew I'd been looking for began to emerge. In front of me I had the victim's medical records and autopsy reports. And as I read over each of them, something of note took hold. Each of the victims were recipients of past organ donations. Each victim had either been in some medical distress or bad accident. And remarkably, all had received organ transplantations. I read over what I was uncovering a few more times before deciding to call my contact at the Salem Police, Detective Cozy. I phoned him and explained what I was working on and asked him to come and meet with me. He did. As I shared my findings with Cozy, our faces revealed the same expression of disbelief. I really had uncovered something. I got to ride with Detective Cozy as he went to request emergency release of medical information regarding donors. It was granted and the records were sent over to his work email. Cozy was a good detective. He'd been on the job for a while now. Salem and the media trusted him. I trusted him. And he trusts me. Hence my unfettered access to what was unfolding. Now nearing three in the morning. Another chilling Eureka moment befell us. Each of the victims had received organs from the same donor. A deceased woman by the name of Agatha Malkovich. She'd succumbed to death after a tragic vehicle accident had left her brain dead. But the more remarkable discovery came when we uncovered her husband. Dr. Ivan Malkovich Jr. A physician with specialization in genetics and a post-doctorate in eugenics. Our eyes lit up like heating elements. Cozy threw me a generic ballistic vest and told me to follow him. I didn't argue. With a screaming horde of cherries and berries escorting our unmarked police cruiser, we made our way to the listed address of Dr. Ivan Malkovich. My heart was in the base of my throat. Had we done it? Had we really cracked the case and were now sprinting against the clock to apprehend this monster? Only time would tell. Dr. Malkovich's estate dwelled at the very tip of Juniper's Point in Salem's northeast end, a sprawling gothic structure that invokes unease upon its very sight. Like a scene from a bad cop movie, gaggles of police officers and detectives swarmed the steps leading to the front door. The police made entry and did indeed discover Dr. Ivan Malkovich Jr. He did not resist nor rebuke. He, an unassuming man, complied with police direction and was arrested without incident. Now, you'd be justified in thinking that the story has now culminated into a reasonably predictable and contextually happy ending. But I'm here to tell you that this story is just beginning. Malkovich was the killer, he even confessed, but more distressing than the murders themselves was the motive. Dr. Ivan Malkovich was killing any and all who held his wife's organs and retrieving them for something else. Someone else. Dr. Ivan Malkovich Jr. was reclaiming his wife's lost organs in bizarre hopes of reviving his beloved. Upon his revelation, the police made further horrifying discovery. On a table in Malkovich's basement lay a patchwork facsimile of the human form, and woven within that monstrous creation were the organs of Agatha, placed with precision as if to be a goddamn human puzzle piece. The police removed the body and had it transported to the Salem Morgue. The night Agatha's disfigured corporeal creation was moved, is the very night I started refusing to sleep at night. As Agatha was being carted to the morgue, Salem's weather took a turn. The sky broke and rain fell in deluge to the streets below. Before the wagon made it to the mortuary, a freak bolt of lightning struck a tree beside the wandering vehicle. A violent conduction of electricity vilified the water and engulfed the moving vehicle. the driver was killed instantly. As was the passenger. When emergency crews arrived on scene, Agatha was nowhere to be found. It's as if she got up and walked away. Now to the reason I no longer sleep. Roughly two years ago, I was sick, really sick. So sick, in fact, that without a liver transplant, I'd be dead. And luck be what it is, I got one. You see, the reason I was so closely guarded by Detective Cozy is because my name was on the list of donor recipients. Agatha's liver was now my liver. And according to Dr. Ivan Malkovich Jr., she would certainly want it back.